Welcome to the Rock is George podcast. I'm your host, George Dion, and this is episode 54. Thank you for tuning into the Rock is George podcast on your favorite podcasting platform at YouTube or at knac.com. You can also check us out at rockisgeorge.com. For episode 54, my guest is Dan Bond of the band Devil's Train. They call themselves the European answer to Black Label Society and compare their sound to the Dead Daisies and Blackstone Cherry as well. Devil's Train has been around for a little bit, but they've recently restructured and reformed. They have a fantastic new album on the way called Ashes and Bones. It's out on June 24th. So here's Dan Bond of Devil's Train to tell you all about it. If I knew absolutely nothing about Devil's Train, how would you describe the band's music to me? In three sentences or something, right? Um, well, I would, I would say it's blues rock, but it's very heavy blues rock, you know? I think there's a lot of bands these days that have a certain tinge of nostalgia, 80s nostalgia perhaps, but they all lean more towards kind of melodic rock and glam and that kind of thing. And Devil's Train is filthier than that, you know? Devil's Train is a bit a bit dirty, a bit sleazy, and has a lot of, of blues in there, a lot of, you know, Thin Lizzy and Skinnerd and, and that kind of stuff, you know. I absolutely agree with that. And it's evident on your upcoming album, Ashes and Bones. It's out June 24th on Rock of Angels Records. Now, you and Jens Becker from Gravedigger are new to the group. So how did you two get involved? Yeah, absolutely. So I got involved first, obviously, because it's it's more or less Leah's band, Leah's the singer. He founded it back in 2012. Since his old guitar player left, he was looking for a new writing partner. He was looking for someone to, to write a bunch of new tunes with. And that was me, essentially. He and I have been on the same label for many years, friends for many years. And uh, I moved back to Germany at the beginning of 2020, at the, like a month before the pandemic, right? So we had a lot of time in 2020 to get together and write this record, and we did. And then Jens came on board a, a little later in 2021 when we were recording the record. You know, we wanted, initially we wanted Yari to do it, who's the, the original Devil's Train bass player, but he had a lot of other commitments. He was playing bass on a bunch of records. He's in this band called Master Plan and stuff. So he was too busy kind of to do it. So. Jens kind of jumped in last minute and did a fantastic job and I'm really stoked to have him on board, you know. What is sort of the songwriting process between Devil's Train because you and Jens are new and RD and Jorg are established, so how does this yeah. work putting this particular album together? Yeah, man, like kind of I was sort of hinting at it, right? So, so Leah and I, Leah is the singer, we write everything together in the sense that he has great vision and he has a lot of ideas floating around his head and floating around his phone right but he's not the kind of guy like he doesn't play piano or guitar or anything he doesn't he's not a studied musician in that sense he's a singer you know and a very heartfelt singer but he's an autodidact you know he's taught himself how to do it and all that so that's where i come in right i play all these instruments and i'm studied and i know what i'm you know i know what chords are and stuff so you know he's a broad picture kind of guy i'm a details kind of guy and so this album's kind of some songs are ideas of his that we developed together some songs are songs that i wrote the music and he pretty much just came in and wrote the lyrics and some songs are very, very collaborative. They kind of happened with the two of us sending stuff back and forth and chatting and, and seeing each other and kind of coming up with ideas on the spot. 
and then Jens and uh, and Jörg come in a little later on when it's time to sort you know when we have the structures of the songs and the keys and tempos and stuff we know what works with the vocals we do a proper pre-production you know and then the others come in and we jam it out and we get the grooves right and we get all the parts right and then we go in and record it's rock and roll you know it's fairly simple <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned before that devil's train is a little more sleazier and dirtier than your average blues rock band from the uh the late 80s early 90s and that's kind of evident in your music video for the devil in the blues it takes place mm -hmm. in a strip club slash gambling hall this must have been a fun video to make yeah i mean they're all fun to make right they're all <laughs> fun to make no absolutely yeah we we have a great time when we go out and, and do band stuff just because you know it's it is not the 80s anymore you don't get to do it all the time let's say so whenever we do have band time the four of us we really do enjoy it and enjoy each other's company and hanging out and having fun you know was this a real strip club that this took place in yeah, absolutely. But it was <laughs> it was daytime. It was before hours, right? It's before they opened. <laughs> so we got we got to use the place in the day, you know, and we brought in some people and uh, and yeah, it had to kind of go pretty quickly because there was a deadline at the end of the day that was not open. In, you know. yeah. Paying customers come in at two. Get out. Exactly. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Another song that you've uh, released ahead of the album's release is uh, Ashes and Bones. That one's a little more cinematic, little Old West feel to mm -hmm. it. Uh, you think that plays well to the song itself? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that that kind of that song really lent itself towards that kind of video and it was a doable thing. And that's why we went for it. We had a killer location, killer crew to do that one. And I Personally, I love that song. It's the, the title song of the album. It's a bit of a deeper song. You know, there's lots of sort of easier, fun party rock songs, let's say, on the album. But this is a bit more of a more heartfelt one, a little deeper, a little more meaningful. And uh, you released a cover song of Cameo's Word Up. And I, myself, I was in a cover band. We covered that one. The girls go crazy for that song. So I'm yeah. like, oh, yeah, that makes sense for this band. Yeah, man, that one was so fun, you know it's kind of we like to try a bunch of stuff covers wise usually just for fun in the studio and it's sort of an easy way to get a session going you know it's not so when you're doing your own stuff it can kind of be you know it's important to you so it can kind of be a little stressful so it's great to to set up your drum tone or whatever with doing a cover song because it's not that important you know it's kind of a a fun thing to do a throwaway thing to do and then we try a bunch of stuff and we immediately kind of see which ones work in our style, which ones don't. And this one was one of those that just kind of, it just had flew. It, it felt right, it felt natural. So we, we did it and we recorded it and we were happy with it. So we stuck it on the album. Was the filming of the music videos the first time the four of you really got together after the pandemic lockdowns? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, we were kind of lucky in that we went and did it last November. So we flew out to Greece for a week to do videos so there's still a couple coming right so we did we did four videos over there within the space of like five six days so we worked a lot you know but it was it was it was one of these things where i think like the day after we flew back home they locked all the airports down again it was one of these roll the dice kind of things and we decided to do it this way and it and thankfully it worked out you know so we were kind of lucky in that way 
the album is coming out in multiple formats, streaming, CDs, vinyl, some excellent looking vinyls that that you guys have out there. And uh, you got box sets and bundles. It's certainly more of a fan friendly thing to do. Is that your idea or the record label's idea? It's kind of a combination, right? I mean, it was very much our idea to have a broad spectrum of stuff so that everybody can kind of enjoy it, you know? The label loves doing LP and loves doing exclusive things with LPs, doing different kind of colored versions and stuff anyway. Um, although I personally am a fan of the black gold, right? The 180 grams of black flipping vinyl, that's the best stuff. But, you know, the box set was very much Leah's idea, you know, to have a sort of a laser engraved, like a cool thing that you can always kind of have around the house. And then all the little goodies inside are more stuff for like festival season, you know, for the, for the <laughs> camping rock and roll fan, little gadgets and some bags and, you know, bits of merch and bits of memorabilia and stuff. So, so yeah, we love doing that kind of stuff. The only thing we haven't done is cassette, you know, for all you nineties people who are tape nostalgic which i am you know i grew up with tape so we don't have tape yet maybe maybe next release right no or next reissue <laughs> i don't understand yeah. the whole tape thing mainly because who's really got a cassette player where can you get a cassette player that's the thing i don't i think we still have one in the attic or something but i used to have it in the car right when when i yep. was still driving buckets from from 10 years 15 years ago or whatever when you'd buy used cars but yeah, these days I really don't. I actually, this is the funny thing, because I like, you know, I'm a musician. I get around. I've guested on a few things over the last few years, and they then appreciatively send me some stuff. And I've been sent some cassettes with my work on as well, and I've just never been able to listen to it. I gotta like find a guy, you know, who has one where I can hang out and listen to my own cassettes. <laughs> yeah. So Rock of Angels Records. The members of Devil's Train has been on the label in different bands throughout the years and stuff like that. So I got to ask, are, are you a part of the ownership and management at that label? Oh, no, not at all. No, 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 no. This was nothing to do with us. No, the label is over in Greece as well. So they definitely helped facilitate the videos and so on and so forth. And the owner is a good friend. They, they, I'm just going to say are, they still are a young and up and coming label, but they're very much into melodic rock and into more melodic forms of metal you know they don't have a lot of core they don't have a lot of death metal bands if any at all they're very much into new wave of british heavy metal and hard rock and and aor and whatever you want to call all these genres my old band monument was on this label for years and years and uh and mystic prophecy which is leah's other band is on has been for a couple of releases now on this label and this is how we know each other as well it's kind of it's a smaller label and so it's more of a family vibe everybody knows everyone and every you know they kind of do their own festival and that kind of stuff and connect everybody and we're a family you know and it's nice because it's i prefer it to being on these huge labels where you're one of two thousand bands and you get the same deal and package as everybody else but you're not really looked after in that way so here i really feel like i'm in good hands uh, do you have touring plans, speaking of festivals? <laughs> well, we'd love to. The thing is, because we wanted to kind of surprise the fans with this release, we didn't want to announce it way, way in advance, like a year in advance or something. So we only announced that the band was active maybe like March of this year, April of this year. Um, so naturally, all of the festivals this year, this season, are already booked up because they've basically moved lineups back a year or two now, haven't they? So there hasn't been much space anyway. 
So we've been getting lots of offers, but it's more for 23, 24. So we'll definitely be out and playing, but it's probably not going to be this year. It's going to be next year and going forward. And we'll, we'll do a bunch of festival stuff probably. I don't know about touring yet. You know, I don't know if we'll be outside of Europe. We'd love to come to the States and play or Canada and play. You know, We've had a few offers, but we just got to see what works for everybody and their other commitments at the moment. But uh, you know, if you're on the socials, you'll see stuff as soon as it comes in and gets released. So. Last year, you released Dan Bond's Lost... Did I pronounce your last name right? Yeah, 100%. Dan, Dan Bond's Lost Sanctuary. It was a self-titled release yeah, also on Rock of Angels. So that music's a little bit different than what you're doing oh, yeah. with Devil's Train, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's so hard to... I, I hate putting labels to my own stuff. What, I'm going to ask you, what would you say it is? You know, Power metal. Power metal. That's interesting, you know, because because a lot of people say this, you know, and, and to me, it's yes, it is power metal. But when I think power metal, I think of Stradivarius and I think of bands that are generally that have a happier sound. I kind of <laughs> I tend more towards calling it melodic thrash metal or something because it's like it's kind of has have very heavy elements, but it has it definitely has clean singing as a main event you know <laughs> so yeah yeah it's definitely heavier than devil's train or more of a metal thing is that something that you could play smaller intimate shows on yeah absolutely i mean this record when we kind of did it again i i did pre-pro for it in 2019 and then when we went when i moved back here and it was time to record the record the lockdown happened the first one the second one so we basically did it as a duo it was me and my friend the drummer because we you know, it was we weren't able to go out, find other musicians, kind of. It was hard to do. So we kind of, you know, we did the best we could in the situation. We said, let's do it as a duo and get a bunch of guest musicians. Why don't we do that? So we got a bunch of guest singers. We got Doogie White. We got Raz from Diamond Ed. We got some really cool people involved, which was kind of fun for me as well, because it was the kind of thing I've always wanted to do. And, you know, when you're in bands, it's never kind of possible, you know. So it was just nice to get friends who I've always admired and, We've always loved each other's work and we see each other ships in the night on tour or festivals or whatever, but we never get to work together. Right. So it was great to get a bunch of people on board. Um, but yeah, since about Christmas time, so about half a year now, I've got a lineup together to go and play live and we've got some shows coming up. We're doing stuff in, in the fall, but we're going out. We're going to play. We're going to play as a four piece. I sing and play guitar. I have a fantastic bass player guitar player with me now and my friend Basti who plays the drums so the four of us go out and we do club stuff we do festivals you know here in Germany and, and Central Europe mainly at the moment but you know we're looking to expand of course and we're working on a new record of we've got seven songs or something written already so probably this winter we'll head back in the studio and, and do some new shit now you mentioned Doogie White being on the album uh fantastic vocalist for rainbow and many many others how did you how did you end up meeting doogie white yeah man so um i have to thank my friend chris dale for meeting doogie white chris dale introduced me so chris was the bass player for bruce dickinson in like the late 90s early 2000s and he was in tank for a while which is also like more of a you know you could call it power metal or thrash or anything in between i suppose but but chris does a lot of a, a lot of tour work, a lot of teching, a lot of roadieing. And he was out, I think, with Schenker when uh, when Doogie was singing for Michael Schenker. So that's, I think, how those two know each other. Sorry, Chris, if you've known each other for much longer, maybe they've <laughs> known each other for, I don't know. This is just why I know they work together on, on those tours, you know? So 
Yeah, and initially I wanted to get Chris to play on this album as well because he's a great friend. We played in Monument together from time to time, but uh, he's not the kind of guy who has a home recording setup. So, and as soon as the pandemic hit, he, you know, we didn't want to fly, we didn't want to risk anything. He has kids, you know, so so we played it safe, and and unfortunately he was not able to contribute this time. But hopefully on the next run. You mentioned them a couple times, Monument. It was a band that you were a part of from 2014-ish to 2018-ish. What happened to Monument? Yeah, man, it just, uh, it's one of these things that um, just several people decided they were unable or unwilling to continue doing it at this time, including the founder of the band and, and lead singer of the band. So we, you know, we, it's one of these things where it was a shame at the time, sort of 2019, it sort of fizzled out for the time being, and then the pandemic hit, so it couldn't have done much anyway in that time. But yeah, it's what it is what it is. It wasn't my decision at the time. I was sad about it at the time. And we did discuss, should we continue with new members? And we we just decided, no, it didn't feel right. And it, it, it would be disrespectful to the people who were unable to contribute at that time and who were really emotionally invested in the band, let's say. So I don't know if it's ever going to come back. It's not in my hands, you know, but for the time being, I'm doing other stuff. I'm keeping busy. Are you working on any other projects right now besides your solo stuff and Devil's Train? So I'm building a studio, a big recording studio over here at the moment. So that's kind of my main project. And I do, I've always been doing, you know, for the last 10 years or so, I've been doing a lot of production work, a lot of remote stuff, mixing, mastering, even recording session work kind of stuff. So I'm always busy doing that kind of stuff. And I'm, I'm working on a couple records at the moment, actually. Um, but actually, now the main thing is I really want to get the studio finished this year so I can start recording drums here and doing proper productions over here. Well, that's all the questions I have for you today, Dan. Uh, the album is okay, Ashes and Bones by Devil's Train. It comes out June 24th. It's a fantastic album. I love it. I'll be picking up one of those funky vinyls uh, pretty soon myself. Nice one. George, it's so nice to meet you. Thanks for having me, man. And thanks for promoting the album. We will look forward to this release and we hope we can come over and play for you live. Once again, I want to thank Dan Bond of Devil's Train for coming on the Rock is George podcast. Be sure to check out their latest album, Ashes and Bones. It drops on June 24th through Rock of Angels Records. Give it a stream on your favorite streaming platform if you like what you hear. Make sure you go out and buy a copy of the album. Support the artist. For all things Devil's Train, check out their Facebook page at facebook.com slash devil's train. also want to thank Dustin Hardman of Hardman Promotions and Rock of Angels Records for making this interview possible. You've been great. I've been George Dion. I'll see you again soon.